I'm Dominic Fracasa, and this is Fifth in Mission. You're going to be seeing more California Highway Patrol officers on the streets of San Francisco soon, but they won't be there to pull you over for speeding. Governor Gavin Newsom recently announced that the CHP will be deployed to the Tenderloin and South of Market to help crack down on open-air drug dealing. It's part of a statewide effort that will also include help from the California National Guard on intelligence gathering behind the scenes as the state tries to stem the supply of fentanyl into San Francisco. Overdose drug deaths in the city jumped nearly 41% in the first three months of the year compared to the same time last year, and local officials, including Mayor London Breed, have asked the state for help. Breed has blamed short staffing on the police force for the city's inability to cut down on open-air drug dealing and drug use in the streets. She's boosted the police budget, and the district attorney, Brooke Jenkins, has stepped up prosecution of dealers. But critics of this law enforcement approach say it won't work. That includes Supervisor Dean Preston, who represents the Tenderloin. He's pushed back hard on Breed's efforts. Foes of the approach say it criminalizes a social problem and doesn't deal with the underlying issues that lead people to use drugs in the first place. Meanwhile, in Sacramento, lawmakers on Thursday considered a slate of bills meant to combat the fentanyl crisis and advanced only four. Sophia Bolag is here with me to talk about efforts to crack down on fentanyl, both on the streets of San Francisco and in the legislature. She covers the state capitol for the Chronicle. Sophia, welcome back to Fifth and Mission. Let's start with the Highway Patrol. They're not really the agency that comes to mind when I think of urban policing. Is it just more cops on the streets doing the same things San Francisco police officers would do, or do they have their own role here? So, unfortunately, we don't know yet. This partnership between the city and the state was just announced about a week ago, and neither office, at least as of this taping, as we're talking right now, has announced exactly what the officers are going to be doing. So it's not clear yet if it's how different it's going to be from the existing CHP officers who operate in San Francisco right now, or from you know what the SFPD officers who are already policing the streets of the Tenderloin and the South of Market neighborhoods. We're still waiting on a little more detail on that. You know, the CHP has been deployed before in Bay Area cities, including in Oakland in 2021. What was that about and how did it go? Newsom sent CHP officers to really help local police in Oakland crack down on traffic enforcement, particularly on these very dangerous and illegal sideshows that Oakland has been seeing. And essentially, they went in for a few weekends in September 2021 and beefed up the police force for those weekends. And in the short term, it does seem like it really reduced sideshow activity in Oakland. But since then, it's rebounded. And so Oakland is still struggling with sideshows and fatal freeway shootings. And so the problem was not fixed in the long term, at least as far as we can see at this point. And also, what do we know about the role of the National Guard here? How are they going to be involved? We also don't know a ton about what the National Guard is going to be doing. It doesn't sound, you know, based on sources I've talked to in the governor's office, it doesn't sound like they're going to be on the ground. They're going to be helping more with intelligence operations. And the National Guard has been working on fentanyl and drug interdiction down at the border for a number of years now. And so it's it's something that they've already been doing, but this new partnership I think is going to be more 
focused on drugs that are coming into San Francisco where we're really seeing a crisis in terms of overdose deaths. So I think it's perhaps going to be a continuation of what the National Guard has already been doing in terms of drug enforcement. Now, I know from the sound of things so far, Sophia, that the governor's office seems to be playing this pretty close to the vest thus far, but but has Newsom's office given any kind of indication of a, of a time period for this operation, uh, timelines for how, how long either the CHP or the National Guard will be in town? We have asked about that, and there is not an answer that the governor's office has been able to give us at this point. I think it will really depend on what the situation is like on the ground. But that's at the moment, there's not information from the governor's office of, you know, how long these state police officers would be helping patrol these neighborhoods. So at the same time, lawmakers in Sacramento have also been working on legislation to address the fentanyl crisis. The Assembly Public Safety Committee considered a flurry of bills on Thursday. What can you tell me about the ones that made it through? Yeah, so the first one that made it through without any debate, which was kind of surprising, but it had really broad support in the committee, would increase sentences and fines for people who are convicted of dealing fentanyl. And members of the committee really characterized that bill as being pretty well targeted at the drug dealers, not sort of more casual users of these opioids, but you know people who are actually engaged in criminal drug trafficking, sort of the drug kingpins. That's what that bill was really aimed at. So that's one that got out. Another one that passed out of the committee would essentially do something similar to what we're already seeing or or expect to see in the Tenderloin and in Soma that Newsom and Mayor London Breed have announced, but would essentially require state emergency officials and state police to work with local police on drug enforcement. And then another one that made it out of the committee after a lot of debate is one that would ban carrying both fentanyl and a gun at the same time. There was also a fourth bill, AB 33, which would create a fentanyl task force of experts who would then recommend solutions to the crisis, to the legislature that could be related to more enforcement, but also could be related to increasing funding for healthcare services aimed at, you know, helping people overcome opioid addiction or, you know, reverse opioid overdoses. So that could be part of what that task force could look at. Overdose deaths have jumped in San Francisco since the closing of the Tenderloin Center, which reversed hundreds of overdoses last year. We'll talk about that after a break. You're listening to Fifth and Mission. You can support the newsroom that creates this podcast by signing up for unlimited access at sfchronicle.com slash pod or by downloading the San Francisco Chronicle app. All of the bills that you described, except for one, were written by Democrats, and some of them were also blocked also by Democrats. What did they say? What was the rationale for stalling those? Yeah. So the four I described that passed were actually all written by Democrats, and then one bill that did not pass but was considered by the committee on Thursday was written by a Republican. And the bills that didn't pass, the overarching argument was really that they would increase criminal penalties for 
possessing or distributing fentanyl or, or selling fentanyl that could, in the view of some of the progressive Democrats on the Assembly Public Safety Committee, really also catch people who were sort of more casual users, like a teenager who buys a pill online, doesn't know it's laced with fentanyl, and gives it to their friend. And there is a lot of concern among progressive Democrats on both the Public Safety Committee in the State Assembly and the Counterpart Committee in the State Senate that increasing criminal penalties and increasing law enforcement isn't going to fix the problem of these overdose deaths. And there's a lot of reticence among these more progressive lawmakers to put more people behind bars for dealing drugs, with the idea being that that isn't going to get at the root of the crisis and is just going to lead to overcrowded prisons and families who are torn apart because their loved ones are in prison. So among the bills that did pass, Sophia, what happens next with those pieces of legislation in the assembly? They all will, I believe, move to another committee, a a fiscal committee. And then if they make it out of that one, they will go to the, the floor of the assembly. And if they pass off of the floor, then they go to the opposite house, the Senate, and basically have to start from scratch, go through the policy and fiscal committees, and then the the floor again. And potentially, if they're amended, go back to the assembly. So this is really an initial step for all of these bills. And even the ones that didn't make it out could theoretically be taken up again in the legislature, potentially by the the Public Safety Committee again. But so far, those ones that didn't make it out are stalled, and the ones that passed out of the committee will continue through the regular legislative process. So last year, San Francisco opened the Tenderloin Center, right, which operated from January to December of last year. As well as providing things like meals and showers, staff also reversed 300 overdoses. And then overdose deaths in the city jumped immediately after it closed. So so all of the efforts we've been talking about so far today have been largely focused on law enforcement and cracking down on fentanyl dealing. Can you talk a little bit about why there's been so much emphasis right now on law enforcement solutions in particular? Absolutely. And I, I think you're absolutely right that right now, most of the conversation here in Sacramento and I think also in San Francisco really has been focused on law enforcement solutions. I should note that there are bills advancing through the legislature that do aim to tackle the other side of this crisis, which is the public health side. There are a number of bills in the legislature to make it easier to access opioid overdose reversal medications like Narcan and other treatments for opioid addiction. There's a number of bills that are advancing that sort of aim to tackle that side of the crisis. But I think the reason we're seeing this emphasis now on cracking down on drug dealers and increasing punishments, or at least attempts to increase punishments, is really just that the the problem has gotten so out of hand. There's agreement pretty much across the board that what the state and what local governments are doing right now is not working. And I think it's just really the magnitude of the overdose crisis that makes people feel like they need to do something. And this is one option that lawmakers at the state level have to 
at least try to address the crisis, even though, as you note, and as many advocates and Democrats in the committee earlier today noted, the you know previous attempts that we've seen to really increase criminal penalties on drug use or drug dealing don't necessarily result in a reduction in deaths or drug use. And so even though you don't really have the data to back that up, it's still a solution that people are trying to pursue because it's really just such a dire crisis at the moment. Sophia, thanks so much for your reporting on this and thanks for spending time with us today. Thanks for having me. Sophia Bolag covers state government for The Chronicle. You can find her work at sfchronicle.com and on The Chronicle app. Thanks to King Kaufman and Sarah Feldberg for production help with this episode. And thanks to you for listening. <laughs>